Welcome to the latest podcast from Greyfriars Church in Reading. Our vision is to see Reading transformed by the love and power of Jesus. You can find out more on our website, greyfriars.org.uk. Enjoy. I'm not stealing Bo's thunder, but um, we gave we gave Francis a slightly longer scripture, so I'm just going to carry on. <laughs> Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house. Yet it did not fall because it had its foundations on the rock. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rain came down, the streams rose, the wind blew and beat against that house and it fell with a great crash. When Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he's taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. Amen. Thanks so much, Bo. Sorry for confusing you. Um, can we give a Greyfriars welcome to Francis, who is a uh, colleague of mine and John's from college um, and has been invited to preach to us this morning? Why don't I pray for us as we get into God's word? Father God, we thank you so much for your word. We thank you that you want to communicate with us. And so we pray now that as I speak, uh, we would be transformed, that we'd be more like Jesus, your son. In his name we pray. Amen. I've got a good friend whose um, mum is a, a Methodist minister and um, out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and she took this, uh, this tiny little congregation um, and in one setting, she was trying to get to know her new congregation, uh, and she's specifically trying to find out what they think about Jesus. They said, oh, yes, Jesus is marvelous. She thought, so far, so good. Uh, she said, well, go on. They said, yes, he was always giving really good advice. She says, well, like what? What, what do you like about what Jesus had to say? And uh, then they said, well, he said, don't build a house on sand. Uh, because it'll wash away, build it on rock. That's such sensible advice, they all said. Friends, if you take away anything from anything I say this morning, please don't let it be that Jesus worked in Nazareth town planning and was really concerned with giving sensible uh, health and safety advice. <laughs> so rather than that, what I'm going to talk to today is about uh, what the passage is really, which is on obedience. Now, before I get into it, what I want us to really appreciate is what is going on uh, in this chapter. And to understand that, we need to understand that this forms the Sermon on the Mount, uh, which starts in Matthew 5 and then it ends in 7. Continuous piece of Je uh, teaching from Jesus. But for that to make any sense, we need to know who his audience is. So this is Matthew 5, verses 1 and 2. Jesus, uh, it says, Now when Jesus saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. 
So we have Jesus, and the way I imagine this happening is at the front is his disciples. Uh, And then there's a whole load of other people listening in. Now this says to me that Jesus' primary audience was his disciples, uh, the ones who were already committed to following him. But he is aware, as any good communicator is aware of his audience, and he knows there's other people there listening in too. So the Sermon on the Mount is kind of a manifesto, if you like. Uh, it's a manifesto for Jesus' way. So not only is he saying to his disciples, this is how you ought to go about your lives, he's also making an offer to everyone else. He's saying, this is what it's like to be with me. So if, if you're not a believer this morning, first of all, I'm so glad you're here. God loves you. But don't perhaps get too hung up on the concept of obedience because that has a whole load of connotations and things um, in our culture Um, and it's obviously important because it's in the text but more as I speak to you this morning and even more as I show you the words of Jesus this morning just think is this way a better way because Jesus is offering himself uh, to you this morning and every day And if you are a believer, a Christian, a follower of Jesus, well, lean in because there is no easy way to put it. This passage is tough. Uh, It really questions our credentials. Uh, If you have a Bible with you, uh, you might want to turn it on uh, to Matthew chapter 7. Matthew chapter 7, and we're going to be verse 21 uh, onwards. So Jesus says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. So here's the thing. What if it's possible to be a Christian, talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian, but not enter the kingdom of heaven? You see that in the text. It's scandalous. This is Jesus. He can just cut to the heart some read that again not everyone who says lord lord will enter the kingdom and it it seems harsh and there's a commentator called r kent hughes who says it is harsh and it's harsh on four points he lists them he says first of all it's harsh because they're polite they're saying lord lord that's a very reverent and polite way to address jesus it's a polite title kind of like sir it's even used for god second way it's harsh is that their confession, the words that they're speaking, Lord, Lord, is orthodox. Orthodox means right thinking about God. Jesus is Lord. That is a correct statement. Thirdly, it's harsh because they're passionate. They don't just say Lord, they say Lord, Lord. They're really keen to get Jesus' attention. And finally, it's harsh because they are very public about their confession of faith. Uh, They're not keeping it a secret. They say, Lord, Lord, in public, unashamedly. And as we see, they even more in public. Let's read on a little. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven, but only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Many will say to me on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. 
These are reverent people. They believe the right things about God. They're passionate. Cast out demons. They perform miracles. Speak of Jesus in public. They act in his name in public. And yet Jesus says to them, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. What if it's possible to look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian, but not enter the kingdom of heaven? So what is it that these people are missing? Away from me, you evildoers. In other translations, it says, you workers of lawlessness. I think that gives us a bit of a clue. Uh, lawlessness. Right, what's wrong? What's up? What's down? We seem to occasionally be losing every other word, so I'm going to give you a proper microphone. Uh, so, yeah, lawlessness is ca- it's chaotic. We don't know what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong. We don't know where we stand on anything. Uh, it reminds me of a statement in the book of Judges in the Old Testament. It says, In those days, Israel had no king, everyone did as they saw fit. So whilst it wasn't a lawless society, there was right and wrong which had been revealed. A lot of people in those days didn't live like it. A lot of them just kind of went with, as the verse says, what they saw fit. And maybe that's what those false disciples, which we actually heard about uh, a moment ago in Matthew 7, are doing. They're just guessing. Casting out demons. That seems fitting prophesying. Yeah, let's have some of that. Other mighty works. Are they in the Bible? I don't know, but they seem good. And perhaps looked around the culture desperately, seeking some sort of righteousness, some sort of righteous action to do in Jesus's name. But here's the thing, Jesus has never heard of them. What if it's possible to look like a Christian, talk like a Christian, walk like a Christian, but not enter the kingdom of heaven. So Jesus then explains it in a parable. This is verse 24. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who's built his house on the rock. If you're panicking a little uh, after this odd man has come to your church with mad hair, shouted at you, and has made you doubt whether you're even a Christian, Don't worry about me and look at these words. Therefore, everyone, yes, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. Do you want to be like a wise man? Do you want to be like a wise woman? Do you want Jesus to speak of you and say, I know this person. They're a wise woman. They're a wise man. Well, look at what he says. He says, hear these words of mine and put them in practice. He's talking about everything he said between Matthew 5 and up to there, all of it, everything from the Beatitudes. Let's just hear them. They're wonderful ways to live by. This is biblical obedience. He says, blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. 
Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. What if you lived like that? What if you lived like salt and light? What if you accepted that Jesus is the fulfillment of the law of God and we should obey his commands? What if you chose to not be filled with hatred? Jesus covers so much else in the Sermon on the Mount. Adultery, divorce, oaths, revenge, loving your enemies, giving humbly to those in need, prayer, fasting uh, with modesty, our attitude to riches, anxiety, judging others. It's all there. And Jesus simply says, put these words into practice. If you put these words into practice, you have a rock-solid foundation to build your life on because your foundation is Christ. If you put the Sermon on the Mount into practice, the whole of it, you'll be a person of deep relationship with God, someone who's seeking Jesus' will for their life. And when you find that World War III might kick off in Eastern Europe, or there is a cost of living crisis, or someone you love is hurting or dying. Jesus says this, the rain came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew, and beat against that house, yet it did not fall, because it had its foundation on the rock. You can be beaten and knocked around, you can wear your scars as a Christian, but with Jesus as your foundation, you won't fall. Contrast that with the unwise. Verse 26. But everyone who hears these words of mine and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on sand. Tonight, um, I'm going back to Redditch, where we live, um, where we are starting uh, an Alpha Youth course. And the reason why we're doing that is I just feel with our young people that they are being blown around by every lofty idea, every grand scheme, every influencer's promises. And some of those things might even be good, but there's no foundation. They're like shifting sands. You can even throw some of Jesus' words in there, sort of pick and choose the bits that you like or don't like. But then he just becomes another influencer. It's not a foundation. And I think this is partly why we have worry and fear and anxiety in young people, and let's be honest, in adults too. But with our young people on Alpha, I don't want them to have houses built on sand. I want them to be built into the rock-solid foundation of Jesus. Because any other foundation, like sand, shifts, it moves. And sooner or later, verse 27 the rain came down, the streams rose, and the wind blew and beat against the house, and it fell with a great crash. I want to finish by putting you back together, as it were, because I know this has been tough. 
some of us will need to go away and maybe reread um, the Sermon on the Mount and ask, do I see this in my life? And if you don't, then make it so. Jesus says, put it into practice. Ask the Father in the name of Jesus and in the power of the Spirit. I think you heard that ask, seek, and knock last week. Just come to him. Some of us have maybe have realized, I have no foundation. Jesus wants to meet with you. He wants to be the foundation for your life. You can be beaten and knocked around, but you won't fall. Come to Jesus.